Good evening, welcome to Anywhere Food Matters. It is Geordie's here, Geordie's there, and I'm just uh, reading um, a, a Newcastle NUFC Matters first 11 team sheet, which has been sent in by long term viewer Dodo Bird. Now, most of you who watch the show will yeah. know that Dodo Bird likes to send things in on the odd occasion, and when he sends them, they're very thorough. And uh, I'm going to have to read this out now because um, <laughs> it, deserves, it deserves an airing. So thank you, Dodo Bird. Uh, okay, so the new NUFC Matters first team 11. And this is the team sheet. Number one, in goal, Mitch, the Geordie dentist. Big favourite with a crowd with a no-nonsense attitude. Sometimes too laid back, usually against goalposts with a beer and a cigar. Strength, <laughs> clearing crosses and corner kicks. Not adverse to taking opposition's teeth out without an anaesthetic. <laughs> Attacking midfield, Steve Twinkle toes hasty. Impact player, probably because he's always late getting away from the food bank. And by the time he's washed and brushed his hair, only 10 minutes left. Rumoured to be light on his feet. <laughs> Centre-back, Liam joined the dots Kennedy. Apparently, Liam did a forecast and FA Cup final appearance for Newcastle as a training session by joining all the 22 dots on the tactics board. Sadly, he interpreted these as the 22 stops on the London Underground from King's Cross, alighting at Wembley. It's only because he's a Geordie he gets away with it. George, <laughs> Uncle Albert, defensive midfield. One of the team's most consistent, experienced players nullifies opposition's attack by telling them numerous stories from a bygone age before <laughs> during and after the game once got thrown off the away team bus going home on the m6 trying to finish one of his stories now that's real <laughs> gamesmanship what a pro <laughs> wing forward keith the lawyer patterson a welcome late addition to the team and just the man to vigorously protest my lord when it comes to bad referee and var decisions Objection sustained. A great little player, but if he spots a lookalike in the opposition team, he can quickly turn from Alan Boland to Norman Wisdom, a genius or a liability. <laughs> uh, wing forward, Holly the Youngin Blades. This girl can change a game with a drop of a shoulder, body swerve and shot at goal in true Peter Beardsley style fashion. And although the term man on may have a different connotation in football terms to what uh, girls may be used to, I'm a certain mixed gender footballer is the way forward. Although goal celebrations like taking off your shirt must be strictly personal choice. Looking forward to seeing Holly bobbing up and down the wings. Alwaleed, wing back. This lad bleeds black and white and is happy to swap bags of sand for bags of coal. Only problem is his film star good looks will make the rest of the team look pug ugly and spoil the team photograph. <laughs> Having said that, he will attract loads of lasses in the Newcastle bars and even the leftovers are bound to be an upgrade for the rest of the team. Bound to be worth a few bob and okay for a sub. Utility player, Stew the Bulldog Penman. To be honest, just put him in to make up the numbers. Seems to talk a good game. I can always join his mate Mitch in goal for a few bevies and a bit of banter with home fans <laughs> behind the goal. Although when it's the away fans, you just know it's going to turn into a fight. He sort of got that look about him. Ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> Centre-back. Steve the Hitman Rafe. Captain. Football history has given us many real tough guys. Norman Bite-Your-Legs Hunter. Ron Chopper Harris. I could go on. 
But Steve Wraith makes Jack the Hatmuck Viddy look as frightening as one of his soggy rich tea biscuits. Mean, <laughs> moody and magnificent, although him and his signature clap clap song makes him not quite so intimidating, I've got to say. Inside forward, John Hacker Gibson supplies the bullets for Big Mal with his infamous defence splitting balls. John puts it down to telepathy. He says, I've had the pleasure of playing with Malcolm for a long time now. I can find him in the dark. This is something we practice just in case the floodlights go out. Centre forward, Malcolm, I couldn't agree more, MacDonald. When asked about his tremendous pace and acceleration, Malcolm confessed the real truth about his Olympic 100 metre sprint qualifying time. Unadulterated fear, he said. Yes, the fear of being adulterated by John Gibson's defence splitting balls. Surely the irony of this revelation must come as a real shock to John, knowing he had a real football scoop right under his very own nose. Uh, speaking of which, stop stop the press, breaking news. Mick Lowe's, Chief Communications Officer and Club Guru, announces exclusively on behalf of NUFC Matters that Holly's dad has just been appointed first-team coach. Oh, sorry, I meant first-team coach driver. Also, two other off-the-field appointments have been made, but don't tell Inland Revenue. They wanted cash in hand. They are John Woof Woof Woof, Dog Patrol Security Officer, and Steve Bilko Wilko Wilkinson, Club Entertainment's Officer. He'll know Norman Wisdom. Congratulations, everyone, and well done, Dodo Bird. Oh, I told brilliant. you it was a long one, but it was well worth it. A lot of brilliant. time and effort went into that. Thank you very yeah. much, Dodo Bird. I did have to clean some of it up, I have to be honest, but uh, apart from that, it was, pretty much, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much as written. So uh, thank you for submitting that, mate. You've given us a laugh anyway. Um, lads, the three words, um, I guess, well, the, the phrase I want to say is we did it. Um, a win and a comprehensive win and a six-pointer, George. Yes, I mean, uh, this is a happy platform, isn't it, tonight? It could be anything else. Um, after last night and all the other things around it and the start of uh, Newcastle United taking the lead in the community um, uh, a basic wage employer uh, you know for all to see nobody that works at St James's Park is going to be underpaid they're all going to get the right uh, coin for the job and I think that's fantastic because that will spread through the city because every other uh, employer of uh, people in the entertainment area and, and uh, hospitality area has got to take notice of that. And I think for Newcastle United to be first, and it's a good sign to see what having these uh, employers in our city are about. So that's a good start. Second start is whoever um, decided to buy Trippier and get them for the money they did should be getting a bonus now because... This is this is no ordinary fullback, no ordinary footballer, to be honest. I mean, everything he does just oozes class. I mean, there was a the, the, there was a um, well, what I call a hail mary ball from Shah um, last night, and it it stayed up there long enough to get snow on it. When it came down, Shah didn't even break it. Uh, Trippier didn't even break his pace. He killed it and moved on without any any uh, alteration at all and the, the defenders around were just absolutely flummoxed so well done f f fantastic from him but having that confidence uh, it spreads across it spreads across the team i mean that was a, a renewed um uh, jamal lascelles yes the, he, he was involved in the own goal but the rest of the night he, the, there was very little wrong about jamal last night that was the old jamal 
and the new lad on the left hand side from, from uh, Aston Villa well I'm not surprised people were trying to buy him we've got another excellent uh, fullback there and as you go through the field you, you've seen how it uh, um, the, the, the way we played and, and, and Trippier's impact particularly uh, I mean Willick was, was a, back as being a, a, a a player that you could recognise as, uh, yeah. as improvements there, George, isn't it? Absolutely, improvements there. He's carried so. on from where he left off at Leeds. He was he was yes. improving at Leeds. A couple of weeks, couple of weeks right. training, a bit more drilled into him, and he's, he's he really improved. Absolutely last right, and you could see it. And of course, it again it going further. I mean, you lads know that uh, six months ago I was for ditching Fraser and goodbye. You know, well he. He seems as though he's got the message because he's a different player all of a sudden. And uh, um, what, there's been some criticism by some press people about Wood not getting a goal. Well, have a look at where, what Wood was doing when Fraser got his goal and when other goals went in. The defenders were wetting themselves in case Wood got on the end of the ball. And that's that's what centre-forwards need to be able to do. Like I, I keep saying to you, I, I'd be happier if Joe Linton could find a way of making a nuisance of himself. Well, he just needs to watch Wood because he does it very nicely. So all in all, what a fantastic night uh, it, it, all the way around. And as I say, for me, starting off with that news during the day about the uh, the basic wage employer business, just to emphasise that this is a club that's in the community now and doing community things. And I think it's absolutely great. And and plus, the feedback from the owners, they're not frightened to be seen. I mean, we had an owner who was almost paranoid at getting his photo in the paper. Well, current owners are, are far from that. In fact, um, they, 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 they almost encourage it, which is wonderful. To see them celebrating those goals last night uh, was fantastic. And um the Rubens as well they're, they're keen to chip in on 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 the um Twitter and other platforms to, to see how they feel about it. it it just has such a good feel last night absolutely fantastic uh, and I couldn't be happier today Steve I'm sure that's the same for you mate um it's been a, a an amazing amazing couple of uh you know couple of hours I guess for me just reading through the the messages before I came online because I I tend to stay off social media after the game and you know I, I won't post anything after a game as you know um but just reading through some of the comments from the players from from the owners from from the media from fans it's it's uh, it's been a happy place to be social media today yeah, yeah, and, and and Newcastle's been a happy place as well. I mean, the place was buzzing last night after the game and the strawberry. Everybody was was talking about the match. We're talking about, and there was a smile on everybody's faces, and everybody wanted to chat to each other. It was great, and and this it was it was back to the old days, wasn't it? It was it was what we've experienced uh, back in the day, and you know we've been on a we've been on a downward spiral for a while. I mean, George is talking about Trippier there, you know. I mean, I think, if I'm perfectly honest, you know, when I saw Trippier playing for England, when I saw him playing for Tottenham, didn't see much of him playing for Atletico Madrid because I'm not one for constantly switching on uh, continental football or Spanish football in particular. Um, and and I, I would be probably one of those people again during the Euros that would have said, "Oh God, he's rubbish, him," you know, because you 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 tend to be a bit, 
Now, you know, you can see the quality in the man, in the player, and you can see what the likes of Gareth Southgate can see in him when he's when he's selecting him for, for England, you know. And I think sometimes we do look at, at players with a critical eye when they're playing for England because they're not Newcastle players. Um, but I think now it's given me a whole new insight in, into watching players' performances. And I think it certainly helps seeing him live, you know, seeing... Um, the way that he's that he's controlling the defenders, the communication that's going on, it, it's absolutely brilliant, and um, that makes a quality footballer, you know. And we're actually seeing that on St James's Park on the pitch, um, and we've seen it for three or four games now. And it, it, you're highly, highly impressed with the guy, and, and he's taken to Newcastle as well. You can tell he's taken to Newcastle. So. Just using that as one example, I think that shows you the sea change that we've got at the club at the moment, Steve. Yeah, it does. Uh, Stu must have been great just watching it um, and, and, and seeing the team put in such a great performance. It was amazing. And the fact that they won 3 1 made it even better for me personally, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it was your storyline, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what people say you must lose money? Well, that was our 22nd game of the season. And by pure chance, the odds were 22 to 1. So I'm going to turn her up so we're with the rest of the season to go. Um, I, have to be care- I have to be careful what I'm saying because uh, the wife's watching. I also uh, had uh, 10 pence on Fraser first goal and 3-1 at 125 to 1. Wow. And the reason I've got to be careful is because tomorrow I'm working at, uh, at the main mall here in Borean. And she's going shopping with the credit cards. <laughs> it was only ten pence, and that's all I had on it. So, uh, well, you know, when I was watching it last night, I know everyone's waxing lyrical about Trippier, and rightly so. And I just thought, what a clever player he is! You know, the, the intelligence and the composure, uh, how comfortable he is on the ball, and it, it doesn't matter if there's someone near him he, he's his intelligence to play the right pass under pressure you know and, and it has to have lifted the rest of the players and we can also i think take uh, take a step back to praise uh, jamal lascelles because again same as that leads he was a colossus last night and i think for one he's out of his comfort zone i'm sure he's not the only one but he's it looks like reality's hit with him the pennies drop whichever phrase you want to use there's real competition for each place now. And this is what makes the team better. This is why we'll climb the, the table quicker. Because there's no like, I can have a couple of bad games. I have to raise my game every game. Because there's quality sitting on that bench. There's quality not even in the, in the squad uh, that are you know desperate to get a game now. And so I think that the trip to Jenna has, has, has given everyone the lift that they need. And just as another thing for ourselves, because he has, and sometimes rightly, taken criticism. You've got to give praise in equal measures as well. But can anyone remember, was Richarlison playing last night? That, <laughs> yeah, he was. That's uh, how good LaSalle was. Exactly. That's how good LaSalle was. And this is a £50 million Brazilian forward. We've got the best Brazilians. Um, and talking of the Brazilians, we've got Joe Linton who I think we should nickname Ice Cube now because he freezes every time he goes in the box. Uh, but apart from that, he's, um, again, he's, it's as if he's looking forward to playing with Gomeres. And I seen a clip yesterday where he, he drove him into the ground and he had a bounce and a step about him. The, the way that's, 
the, the team have, have, have actually embraced the changes and they now believe that they want to be part of this. You know, a lot of them are thinking, oh, we're going to get uh, chucked out anyway. They've all been given opportunity to, to raise the game. And, and if you look at Joe Willick's performance last night, again, following up from Leeds, it's chalk and cheese to what's been produced. And it, it's so pleasing to see that a player that we know can and play really well, uh, he never stopped running. And for the second game in a row, his second half performance was outstanding. You know, so you know, the Duracell boy, as he as he's, <laughs> might become known, uh, I know he had to get taken off at the end, but he, he, was, he was everywhere. And... The closing down of players, and, and that's something you learn at school, isn't it? You, you run at players when they've got the ball, you make them pass it quicker, and that's what forces the errors. And, and the crowd yesterday, from what I could hear, we, we, it even surpassed the Manchester United game that me and Mitch were at um, just over Christmas period. It, it's the feel-good factors here, and we've preached long enough on, on, the, on these shows that we should just be enjoying this. Uh, and now I think everyone's on the same hymn sheet, you know. So I'm I'm just delighted to to, to watch them last night. I'm delighted to to see that I support Newcastle United, and I can't wait for the next game. And I think we're now 62 or 63 games on uh, days unbeaten, as I posted last week about 50 something. Yeah, it's fantastic, and that's that's the key to survival: getting runs together and four games unbeaten. Um, you know, however many days it is, but you know, two two draws, two wins. And, uh, you know, the momentum's carrying and carrying the team forward. And if they keep putting the work rate in and the graft in and the, you know, the nastiness and the tenacity and the, you know, all of that that, that showed last night, the commitment, they'll stay up. There is no doubt about it. They will oh, stay up. Sure. And scoring three goals last night was the key as well. You know, that wasn't wasn't so much of a problem not conceding when you're scoring. And how many times have we done that? Not not enough. Um, we killed the game off against a team that's struggling and... You know, we've given ourselves a great platform, especially could have done with Burnley losing. The, you know, obviously Man United had a goal disallowed, um, but you know the defeat of Watford by West Ham, um, you know, was was good enough, and uh, it gives us some breathing space, gives us a chance now. So, got to go on, got to beat Villa. Alwaleed, you've had a shave for the occasion. Is this in celebration of the uh, of the game of the win? Uh, no, actually, I do this only like every two months or three months. Uh, actually, it was a great game, and uh, of course, any better, uh, better management, better uh, player. Of course, it will be lead to a better results. Uh, I feel there was like a rush or a rush of a bl- new blood in the team. Uh, I can say at least forty percent improvement. Uh, the the team was decent, and uh, uh, sorry to say that, but and this is not the Newcastle I used to see. Uh, uh, last two years, this is really a, 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 it's looked like a different teams. Uh, team was fighting, and uh, I was really impressed. And I think all the social media are the, fan, the fans impressed of a trippier uh, spirit, which was uh, contagious. All the players were uh, leading, uh, leading by him. Uh, everything, uh, uh, a lot of things. Uh, uh, any change in the team, but still there is few mistakes. Also, I would like to, uh, any to to see it uh, disappear by time, any as soon as possible. Uh, I noticed some uh, uh, Maximan was a great, but sometimes he, he need to pass the balls. Any he need pass the ball uh, uh, a few occasion. Uh, also, uh, for, as uh, Stewart says, uh, the second uh, half was much better. The first half. 
I wasn't actually really uh, happy about it. But uh, the team, we can we have to understand that the team they have a new uh, players still the chemistry and uh, they still uh, need to play. This is first official uh, game for 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 the new players, and uh, I'm really looking forward for Aston Villa game. Uh, and I, I bet it's going to be much more difficult. Yeah, Mitch, uh, I think somebody used your phrase in the chat there. I just put it on screen. Mark, Perez, I think it was, uh, shithousery, uh, which I quite like. Uh, you coined that phrase on Twitter, and you were right, weren't you? That's what Trippier showed last night. Oh, he got up, up everybody's nose and under everybody's skin. And I, I was talking to a Spurs fan today about it at work, and saying to him, did he do that when he was here? He says, no, he says, that's something he's obviously learned at Atletico with Simeone. Um, and, I, and I tell you what, though, how effective that was. Not just to disrupt Everton and getting up their nose, but creating a togetherness within that squad. You know, the, you, you could see numbers of examples where Trippier went across and made, made a great tackle against, uh, sorry, sorry Lascelles made a great tackle on Townsend. And then he gets a slap across the head off Trippier, a lot of, you know, Matt Ritchie style. Um, and that's all about creating that that togetherness and unity within the team, that we're all together and we're going to stand up to this. And I think, I think Stu's got a story probably for her in a wee bit that will show exactly what sure. how that resonated it's exactly how that resonates through the entire team last night and the entire I'll squad. Tell it now, Mitch. I'll tell it now before. I, you... I go on, get it out now, and then then, then it's out there because this is a cracker, absolute cracker. Right, I will say allegedly for the sake of NUFC matters, but uh, I've been told from someone who witnessed this that when the game finished, for those who watched on TV, I was although ecstatic about the, 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 the result, there was a challenge by Deli Ali on Joe Linton uh, where he stamped on him. And it looked like the ref was like, oh, let's just blow the whistle, let's get them off the pitch. Well, once, once they're in the tunnel, I'm really surprised this hasn't come out. So this is an exclusive, if you want to call it an exclusive. When, once they've gone up the tunnel, uh, they've squared up again and Deli Ali was saying some unpleasantries to Joe Linton, who promptly put them on his horse and as as Delhi Ali got back up Chris Wood intervened to try and play a peacemaker a peacemaker and Delhi Ali went for him so Chris Wood promptly put him on his horse so <laughs> for all those for all those who, who wanted Delhi Ali signing for us and I kept saying no he's a bad person we don't want him he's a, he's a rotten apple etc this is what happens but it shows a togetherness uh, and it shows that they're willing to literally fight for each other and get stuck in, and they believe in themselves now. And that confidence will will carry us up the table. So, like I say, I will have to say allegedly, but I was told by someone who witnessed it that that's and exactly so what I happened. Guess, so I guess now, Mitch, he's he's uh, ringtone on Deli Ali's phone. It'll be chumba wumba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. I get up again, huh? <laughs> and then get knocked down again. <laughs> Brilliant, but I mean, you, you know, you, you look at that, and that stems from, I think, totally from Trippier and the way he was. I mean, he was just wasn't just outstanding athletically and from a football point of view, you know, in every way you want to talk about leadership, it was there. But then you go through the team, Debravka did all he had to do, Lascelles' best game in a long time, like that's already been said, um, shared. 
looked reasonably assured, didn't really look as jittery as he has done in the past few games. Target looks like he's going to be one of these seven and a half to eight out of ten every game solid citizens. And you need a bit of that in the team. Um, love the look of him. Then you look at our midfield. Um, Shelby, I thought, instead of being a liability when he was on a yellow card, looked more intelligent when he was on the yellow card. The yellow card seemed to calm him down and, and, and you could see him being considered. There's a couple of times I was going, oh, don't dive in, don't dive in, don't dive in, and he didn't. Whereas I think six weeks ago, he'd have been off. off. Um, Willick, again, second half, where does that energy come from? Just like against Leeds, second half, the graft, unbelievable. And Joe Linton put himself about and, uh, you know, you feel sorry for him in a way because then when he got in the box, that, that move when he lost his foot and then hit himself in, his, in the head with the shot, you know, it, it, it was typical old, a mix of old Joe Linton and new Joe Linton. But I think he's obviously buoyed by the addition of Grimoresh to the squad. You know, when he come on, we had a wonderful little seven, eight minute cameo from him. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see him in the team. Uh, you know, playing ninety minutes, uh, he, he, he it was like bringing on a Rolls Royce. You know, you'd see just the pure quality. And then the front three, Wood, dear me, gets some work through some work. And like my dad was saying earlier, clatters into people, makes a nuisance of himself. Um, he, I've, twice, and I've never seen a centre forward is able to do this. He can flick it on and then catch it up, and he flicks it on to his cell. You know, um, Fraser, work rate, what a different player we've got in Fraser at the moment. And the way he took his goal, yeah, it was a bit of a shank, but they all count. And I thought, absolutely, um, you know, the, to see that smile on his face when that goal went in was really buoyed me. Um, and then some Maximum, what do you say about him? You know, when, he's, when he has a night like that, that's why you keep him in the team. Because you want to see nights like last night, where you know even Lampard said in the press conference he was unplayable. Yeah. And what I liked about him yesterday was end product. He looks like he's starting to twig on about when to pass and when to have a pop himself, and it's getting better and better. I saw a stat today. Apparently, um, he's been involved in a goal or a goal making situation in seven of our last eleven home games. Um, that's something that sort of passed me by when I sometimes moan about his end product because, let's be honest, I have done. Um, I think there's plenty of examples of us online moaning about maximum and end product. And I love them a bit. Um, and when you get that St. Maximum, um, I'm willing to take the odd bad pass and the odd, odd selfish moment because he was towards the end of the game, he's dragging four players across with him. Yeah, and, and, and if he's starting to start to do that earlier in a game, that's going to open up opportunities when we've got, you say, Grimoresh in there, when when Shelby, you know, is switched on and wants to play some of the, the clever passes that we know he can play. And I'll take that Shelby that we had on the pitch last night every every day of the week. He looks more motivated, looks like he wants to put an effort in. And like I say, it's not that long ago, he would have been off with a second yellow quite easily. Yeah. And and that yellow card actually seemed to make him think. Um, and so, you know, you, you, you cannot fault. And, and, and a little special word as well for Murphy. 
coming on and trying to match the work rate of Fraser and then hitting the post and then coming back out off the post. I reckon he could do that 200 times and it would only happen once more. You know, I swore, <laughs> then, I think, I swore then when he hit the post. I thought it was. Well, I think there might have been a few few um, naughty words and good fellas as well when it, when it didn't go in. But, you know, it. it really looks like everybody's been lifted, not just by um, the signings in the window, but obviously the work that Howe's had to do with that squad to get them fit, to get them motivated, undo two and a half years of um, uh, of, of laziness, really. I gather they were back in today. Now, yeah. under previous, previous regimes, today would have been a day off. Yeah, West Brom, were on a day off. West Brom were off today, I think. Uh... <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, you know, it, it, you can see a massive difference. And it's it's not just signing players like Trippier. I mean, that, that, that performance as a right fullback was probably one of the most complete performances of a right fullback in a black and white shirt that I've seen personally. At the I offense... think you've got a... The upsetting, well, upsetting Warren Barton, um, but at the end of the day, he's the best right back I've seen, Mitch, in my 38 years Look, as a fan. I think the, the, the only one you can, I can maybe go to is Venison, because yeah. we got him kind of at the tail end of his career when he'd already done most of it, mm-hmm. but he then improved under Keegan and managed to get himself an England cap, which he hadn't done before. And, and I think when we had him that first season, we had him when he come in as right back. He put a few really top class performances in, but I still think Trippier's last night blows all of those out of the water. John Anderson, John Anderson, um, Warren Barton, uh, Barry Venison. Yeah, it's a good shout, but Kieran Trippier by far has been the best I've ever seen. Okay, half an hour to go. Uh, don't forget on the this show, Jordy's here. Jordy's there. Uh, we want you to put a question forward. So get your questions in for George. I'll ask it before the end of the show. Uh, we also have a regular feature where we uh, ask you to send in photos of Geordie's here, Geordie's there, Geordie's everywhere. And um, this one was sent in by Ugly Camel. I've got a feeling this isn't quite a family relative, mate. Uh, people with two <laughs> shirts on in exotic places. The wife on the left and the wife sisters in Almaty. Um, Steve Hasty's quickly putting his glasses on oh, and leaning no. in. Right <laughs> um, now, I'm afraid that could be a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a setup, like. But if that is your wife, best of luck, sir. Um, and this one is a real one, I think, from Eddie uh, to Steve Wraith. He says, "Rabina on the Gold Coast in Queensland." Brilliant, brilliant, lovely. Thanks very much. Keep them coming in. Send them to me at Steve Wraith on Twitter, or send it to the lads, and they will pass them on to me. And don't forget to get your question in for George. Um, I will come to it. Okay, I did highlight a question earlier on. Here it is. Dan Hunt. Saw a question on Twitter today, he says, and wonder what you lot think. If you were offered £100 million for St. Maximin in the summer, would you sell? My answer is no. George, would you sell him for that kind of money? No, I don't think so. Not the way not the way we're going. If we can keep him happy, he'd be much more, worth much more than £100 million to us. Because he's so unpredictable. And if you're going to have a team that does something special, you've got to have at least one person who's unpredictable. He's, he's, 
at the moment, the way he's playing, he's, he's our George Best. That's how high I would put him. Wow. And, uh, well, you know, you, you think one minute you're going to spit out horrible words because he's done something daft. Then the next minute he'll run the length of the field. He's, he's yeah, he's, no, I wouldn't sell him for 100 million, though. No, I'd want, I'd want a lot more than that. Wow. He could okay. be so important. Could be so important to our team. Yeah, certainly. Okay, uh, Steve Hasty, same question to you. I'm going to just go, go around the panel with this one. Right. Yeah, short and sweet. No, no. Why, why would we want to sell him? We don't need to sell him, even for £100 million. The, the only issue you have with Joe Linton is the theatrics. The, when it's not going his way, the arms, the, the false limp. All of that type of thing, but that that will you know as soon as he starts to get goals, and as soon as referees start to protect them a little bit more, which I think it does need a bit of protection at times. Yeah, uh, some of the some of the the challenges, uh, he's, he gets accused of going down too easily, and and that and, and it's not that. And the referees are just waving play on, um, and I think that frustrates him a lot. Um, but I think that I think he's an absolutely quality player. We all let's face it. it in Newcastle, we've always loved a ball player. We've always loved someone who can take people on, can you know, drop a shoulder, that type of thing. So exciting to watch. And I think I read somewhere that he's he's done something like a hundred and odd successful dribbles this season, and the nearest one to him is somebody on forty-five. That says what the man can bring. And what he also does is he creates space for others. And if we can then get Chris Wood and and Willett when he's piling forward. Uh, to start to exploit some of that space that he creates when he's being double tapped by, you know, t- or, or sometimes triple tapped by defenders. Um, because let's face it, that means there's a gap somewhere else. And Mitch mentioned it earlier. You get him to release that little, that ball that little bit quicker, the head up, and and make the the decisive pass rather than the extra turn. Um, he he could be, you know, an absolute world beater. And and no need for Newcastle to start selling players, even for 100 million. That's chicken feed to us now. <laughs> it is chicken feed. Stu, would you t- take the money and run if uh, we were offered 100 million for ESM? I would just echo the words of Mr. Hasty there. And isn't it nice to say it? We don't need to sell anybody for any amount of money. We sell whoever we want, as long as we've got someone better to come in. And the only player I would want in the whole league that I think could improve our team in front of St. Maximin would be Phil Foden. And I can't see us getting him for 100 million either, so no need. Keep St. Maximin, he's learning. But also what's happening now, he's getting support. Now we, we know that he's not passing a lot, but sometimes he's got no one to pass to. And, and if you create the, the opportunities for him to pass, it creates the doubt in the defender's mind, and this allows him to exploit. The only thing that we need to do with St. Maximin is let him do whatever he wants. As long as he's uh, professional enough and, and focused enough to, to help out with the rest of it. But also, if someone can take the, the pebble out of his shoe that he seems to hobble about with occasionally, then we've got a world-class player. Okay. Uh, same question to you, Al-Walid. Would you sell St. Maximin if the right money uh, came in? Uh, of course not. Uh, but I'm actually kind of worried that... Uh... Uh, maybe um, I think any uh, idea will work on it. Of course, uh, uh, Saint Maximin and Bruno Gimerich they are same. Like they are both key uh, key players, and I don't know how they can be uh, play together. We noticed in a few minutes of Bruno there was some misunderstanding in last attack, uh, last chance, and 
for passing the ball. Uh, um, uh, it seemed before uh, last, uh, last time uh, we noticed that uh, St. Maximin was the only solution, maybe you can say, the only solution to score. We saw this a lot, especially with uh, Steve Bruce. So uh, this will uh, will change, and uh, already been changed. We have uh, his one of uh, any um, one of the other solution we have. We have another solution to score goals, as we see uh, yesterday. Uh, but uh, actually, I'm worried about also uh, uh, any uh, next season. Hopefully, next season and the any coming seasons. We didn't just want to be avoid relegated. We want the team to uh, not. Uh, waste any point. We want to win games. Mm -hmm. So uh, ch uh, the thing that uh, we just want to be safe and uh, uh, to be a hero. That okay, we 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 save the team from rele relegation. This will end uh, this season. We're looking for uh, uh, Europe Europe uh, seat in the next season. Uh, so uh, he really need to. Uh, he can improve uh, really, and he can be more. Uh, uh, and he uh, needed to be more uh, teamwork uh, with, uh, with the, other, the other players, especially the new ones. Okay, Mitch, it sounds like it's going to be unanimous, but um, you wouldn't sell ESM, would you? It's up to him. If we get more of the player that played last night, 100 million is undervalued. Massively undervalued in the current market. And, and if he goes on the trajectory he's on, it's entirely up to him. He can be anything he wants at Newcastle United now, going forward. You can be anything you want, Alan St. Maximin. Because there's players like Bruno are going to come in in the summer. When we, you know, let's assume we're safe and we stay up, which we've given ourselves a hell of a chance at, which looks so different now. And it's up to you, Alan. What do you want to be? I know from the discussion that was had here in Dubai when he, he, he popped over to Dubai after the Saudi trip um, and spent some time with a, a couple of pals of mine uh, and Lee Clark and Danny Guthrie of, of, of all random selection of former Newcastle United players uh, here in Dubai. And uh, his love for Newcastle United is absolutely spot on and true. There's no doubt about that when you hear him talk about it. And anybody who's around him, picks up on that he's happy he's and and so we have to encourage him to grow with Newcastle United and we can give him a platform to be the first name on France's team sheet for the World Cup we can give him a platform to be he could be for us what Mo Salah is for Liverpool he just has to want it enough and a hundred million for a player like that, is undervalued, massively. So no, no, not for 100 million. Um, look, somebody was to come along and make some ridiculous offer, but that ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. The way, way world football finance is at the minute, um, there isn't somebody stepping up, you know, even when some of these cockamamie sponsorship deals that are going to get Real Madrid and Barcelona with a little bit of the Maya that they're in kick in they've got their own internal problems to deal with there ain't somebody coming along with, with a big hat full of cash to offer for St Maximin in the summer I'm convinced of that um, and 100 million is undervalued 
and, and, and it's up to Alan. We can give him a platform to be um, a world household name, potentially. And I know that might sound, it sounds nuts. It sounds nuts to hear me saying that. I'm not prone to hyperbole. I'm not prone to getting carried away. But on the, on the basis of last night, when you've got somebody like Frank Lord, Lampard calling him, Frank Lord, Frank Lampard um, <laughs> calling him unplayable. Yeah. Unplayable. You think the players he's played with and the players he's worked with in his career, um, that's a huge statement from somebody who has no emotional connection to Newcastle United. And so 100 million on current form, nah, undervalued. Okay, good stuff. We've got a question in for George, and it's from Mark Edward Brown. He says, Ask George any memories or stories of St. James's Park in its various old guises. He says, My dad still raves about the atmosphere in the Leaser's End when it had a roof in the 60s or 70s. So, any special memories or times of the ground as you've seen it, George? Oh, I, I, and talk, I mean, it talk, just talking about the Leaser's End puts us on the back of my neck. I can remember the hordes of Rangers fans that came over the barrier and wanted to stop the game uh, in the first cup. I mean, can you remember that? That certainly was an exciting uh, time to be there. Um, but <laughs> even, even further back, I mean... Uh, there were big games where we were involved, particularly cup games, when um, because the, there was the roof on, the lasers, lasers raw, if you want to call it that, was contained and it used, it used to uh, come out quite uh, fiercely. Uh, however, the, the Gallagher Corner it was also um, uh, give, give a great uh, atmosphere as well. Uh, but there's no doubt that uh, the lasers had, because of the roof, um, uh just made it that little bit special and as i say one of the one of the, the first things i thought about when he said lasers end was watching those rangers fans get up over the barrier when on onto the pitch when uh uh they looked like they were well they knew they were going to get a, a paste in the in the in the cup match first cup match and uh um i think the other the other ones of course was uh, uh seeing um the other uh, remember I have about, about the, the, the Leeds' end was when Brian Clough made his debut at St. James's Park, St. James's Park for Sunderland. And Cluffy was uh, attacking the Leeds' end and somebody at the Leeds' end threw an apple at him. It hit Cluffy on the shoulder and he bent down and he picked the apple up, took a bite out and threw it back. And <laughs> typical Brian Clough, you know, um, that's another Leeds' end memory. Um, and the, the one personal memory I've got is this Barcelona. Uh, the first Barcelona game, I didn't think I was going to get there because, remember, it was a reduced capacity because the ground was being redeveloped. I think it was only 38,000. And I'd almost yeah. given up when uh, my ex-friend, Charlie Woods, had played for the team. Uh, I, I met him at a, a presentation thing and he said, Are you go at the match? I said, no. He said, well... Yeah, come with me. I've got I've got a couple of tickets. You can come with me. Well, little did I know, uh, the players, even when I was a junior, the tickets you got were usually for the paddock. Well, Char there were so few tickets that the Char tickets they give Charlie were for the Lasers end, and that's the only game I've actually personally watched from the Lasers end. And it, it was okay, but you got to be, had to be prepared to, to move because the crowd just picked you up and took you forward and. 
uh, much easier in the lasers end than it did in the Gallagher end. Those those concrete barriers at the Gallagher end seem to have a, a much better space. And then, yes, you got crushed and moved, but the, at the lasers end, you just got picked up and it and took it with you. So so that's another personal uh, memory for the lasers end. I don't know whether that uh, helps the, the, the answer the question at all. Well, it's a good one. It's a good answer. Good question. Thanks very much for that. And uh, we'll have another Ask George question next week. Uh, ASM may frustrate us fans. Uh, you ask any opposing fans, you also uh, all say ASM is some player. Uh, you build a team around him with the same quality players, all say all 25 squad members. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people saying just keep a hold of them. And any UFC TV says, why sell them? Um, we don't need any money. No, we don't. Lots. Lots of people saying that Trippier is fantastic. I like this one from Billy, though. He says, Trippier is unbelievable, but he's no Malcolm Brown. <laughs> Ray Ranson. Ray Ranson. Oh, God. Lucky Ray. Uh, how's that, how exciting it must be for the young academy players having a club-going players is what an opportunity for them. Yeah, definite, definitely is the case. Uh, Eamon says that Steve Hasty is the Omar Sharif of the show, as he seems to have an eye for the ladies, even with his glasses steamed up. <laughs> Kirk says uh, we have ASM uh, soon every team that puts two or three around ASM will have to worry about other players like Bruno threading a pass through to Wood and Wilson yeah George I'll come to you on that and then go around the board it's, uh, how big a blow is it losing Wilson until you know the, the last few games of the season can well, we get through without him what yes I think we can but the timing couldn't be worse could it I mean the one man that was uh, almost guaranteed to get at least a goal every other game or a goal goal you know goal and a half every other game um suddenly disappears and, and you think well how we're go going to manage um Chris was being bought as a center forward but he's, he's not a prolific never been a prolific scorer in the way in which uh, Wilson is uh, however um for me, um he'll, he'll create pr uh, chances for others and i think that's what he's done the big plus for me is that when wilson's fit i've got a sneaking fancy and i hope he tries it that uh, how we'll find a way of playing the two together can you imagine those two big blokes with their movement and their uh and, and their pace and, and and their strength um against uh, premier league defenders it, it would be it would be fantastic just to just to see if they could do that and i'm i'm sure it must be in how's main but it couldn't couldn't have happened at a worse time steve that's the answer to your question yes it's awful uh but uh you know um we've been resourceful in the past and i think uh the the, the difference now is i think from the, the back forward we, we're a stronger uh, group of players and those that are there, including Wood and others, uh, and Fraser and those that are getting the goals, um, would get should get a better supply of ammunition. That's that's the other thing. So it may not just be leaving it up to Wilson. Others may be getting goals. Um, but it would, couldn't have happened at a worse time, Steve. No, it definitely couldn't. Uh, I'm going to break off from the normal show just to bring in somebody who uh, did send us a message on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Simon. Uh, good evening, Simon. Evening, Steve. Evening, lads. Hi, yeah, good, good, Hi, to see you. good to How see you, Simon. You reached out to me on Facebook just about uh, something you wanted uh, the show's help with. And um, yeah, I'll just I'll let you have a chat, mate, and then I'll stick the link for the GoFundMe page into the chat so people can see. Thanks very much. Great. Well, we've, all we've got is a, a mate of mine, uh, Brian Renton, his son, uh, Ryan, uh, when he was 19, he, he got leukemia. 
Um, he plays for um, in the Border Amateur League for Tweedmouth Amateurs up uh, here in, in Berwick upon Tweed. Um, he's had the this leukemia, which has now developed into um, a lymphoma, um, and we've exhausted all the things that we can do uh, with the NHS. Although the Freeman Hospital has been very good, um, so. Now, unfortunately, we're going to have to try and fundraise and we need to try and raise half a million pounds um, to, 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 to further his treatment. Uh, the, the Freeman have prepared a, a full statement of all his condition and, and everything else, and that's now being circulated in America, Spain and Israel, and they're, they're choosing the next treatment going forward. But as he's at this late stage, uh, the family and the community around Berwick, we're all trying to club together and, and raise uh, what we can. So uh, in the past five days alone, we've raised £36,000, which has been really good. And we've Bravo. set up a, a, a GoFundMe uh, page as well. I've, I've spoke to uh, the, the, the club as well. Um, we've had help in the past with sort of raffle prizes and, and various things. The players have done little um, short video clips for, for um, other people in our community who've unfortunately got cancer or had cancer as well. So we know they're always good from it and, and those people have a lot more influence than, than we do up here in, in quiet sleepy Berwick upon Tweed. Um, so that, that's really my reason for coming on tonight um, is just to see if uh, through the, the reach of the NUFC Matters um, community um, where people could, if they spare a pound, it, it, it all helps. Uh, we know times are hard for people as well. It's hard to come on uh, begging for money off people, but uh, we, we, you know, his family really are at the end of the tether. And uh, you know, we've done quite a few things. We had a really good five-a-side uh, competition, and we raised uh, a good amount of money back in last year when he was getting his treatment at the Freeman, and we donated that money to the Freeman. Um, so you know, we, we still keep going. This has sort of come as a as a shock that there's nothing much more. Um, that the NHS in the treatments they have can can do, you know. Simon, very uh, yeah. touching story, mate. I've stuck the GoFundMe page in the link. There's over 500 people watching live tonight. So hopefully, as you say, Simon, if people can put a pound in, just a pound, uh, that would go a long way to helping this cause. And um, if uh, you know, if you keep us updated with the progress, Simon, and if you've yep. got any events coming up or anything like that, you're always, uh, you know, feel free to drop us a line and we'll get you back on the show to promote them, mate. Super, that's great. Uh, great game last night. I gave my ticket away to um, somebody, so I didn't go. <laughs> but uh, I'll be, I'll be back there on Sunday. Yeah. Well, Same onwards and upwards. It's, it's, isn't it nice to be talking about positive things as far as football's yeah. concerned, Simon? Because that's oh, it's what great. it's an enjoyment. That's what it's supposed to be, and it's been a misery for fourteen years. Yeah. What was what was Bruno's little back heel like out of the corner? Sublime. There's class all over the pitch. <laughs> Um, Simon, can I ask you a question about the Renton family? Are any of them involved with the magistracy at all? Any of the magistrates? Uh, no, there's, 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 there's nothing like that. His dad's a brickie. Um, I've known him most of my life. Um, and he was just a, an ordinary kind of, kind of little family. Uh, just just had some, well, some well, pretty well, you, you bad don't my, You don't know my age. It's probably his granddad that I was thinking of. Oh, <laughs> 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 Great stuff, Simon. Thanks right. for your time, right. mate. Cheers, and, uh, Simon. Thank you. Best of luck, Simon. Best of luck. Bye bye. If anybody can uh, donate, please just see the link in the chat. It'll be there uh, over the next ten minutes before we uh, before we finish. Yes, uh, Steve. I mean, Callum Wilson injured. It's a big blow. Um, you know, Wood isn't the kind of person who's going to get you ten goals between.
between now and the end of the season. I still think you'll get us a couple of match winners because a hell of a lot of work, wins yeah. the ball in the air, lays it off. And um, I think he just needs a goal as well. He's been struggling this season per se. He needs that goal and he'll get it. Um, but he's not going to get with the 10 goals. Is Wilson going to be a big miss? I thought he had a goal last night, didn't we? <laughs> Put the yeah. Ball back and got disallowed, and which was unfortunate. It was just slightly offside. But yeah, I mean, naturally, you know, a player of Wilson's quality is always going to be a miss for a for a team, um, and certainly a miss for us. But the, the, I think what it's done is not having Wilson there's kind of Eddie Howe's had to reshuffle. He's had to re rejig and change the, the style of play slightly. Um, you know the the. Wilson, it was very much a ball over the top and you can run on to, whereas with, with Wood, it's very much a sort of a holding and allowing the, him to then allow other players to come in. And so it's relying then on the midfield and relying on the SM to be a, bit, a little bit closer. Um, and I think that those little things will happen. Um, I think also, I think you're right, there's always an opportunity for, for, and it would be great to see the big man and the slightly smaller man, I'm not going to say a little man, slightly smaller man in, in, in Wilson alongside Wood because Wood has always played with a partner. He's, he's never been a lone striker himself. You know, he's played, he's always played with a partner at Burnley. He played with a partner at Leeds, although he's, he tend to be a little bit isolated, but he did score goals. Um, and I think that I think that the, the two of them could could blend really really well together. Um, you know, laying off and and with the difference between say Wilson and ASM being close to him is that with Wilson you've got a natural striker, someone who knows how to play off somebody and knows what he would be looking for for the for that for that sort of outlet ball and that, that little sort of uh, being alongside. Whereas with with ASM, he's very much a, a skills man and a and a, a, a taking on um, in a, the ball and doing a lot himself. So yes, of course it's a miss. It's bound to be a miss. It's just disappointing when we heard during the press conference earlier in the week that that he could be out until possibly the last couple of games of the season. Um, but the way we performed last night, the way that the team performed, and that's the main thing. The way that the team performed, a fantastic team performance. Uh, I, I'm not as worried um, with Wilson being out as I was this time last week. Yeah, OK. Stu, your take on the uh, Wilson injury? Well, before that, Steve, because uh, I'm on the show and I'm not in the chat, can you send me that link on WhatsApp and I'll donate £50 out of my winnings from last night towards the Renton family for the fund? Oh, well, well, nice one, Stu. Nice lad. one, mate. Um, but the, I've got a couple of things to say. To me, I'm not bothered if Wood scores 10 goals. He's got a role to play, and I think he's playing it well. What he's doing is he's taking, he's taking defenders out of the way. He's, he's giving them something to think about. Imagine, would we have won last night, or at Leeds, or drew with Man United, or he didn't take us by but would we have got those points if he wasn't on the team? Because defenders have had a really easy uh, pass against us. Uh, but since Wilson, when Wilson's not playing, now he he's a presence and he, he's a nuisance, and they can't leave him alone because they know that he has the, the aerial ability. He can hold the ball up. He can bring other people into the play, and it, and it showed, uh, especially last night. People are willing to run off him now. They're, they're willing to go the extra few yards, which they haven't been doing for a, for a long time, a couple of seasons, three seasons, whatever. They're, they've been willing to, to do the do the do the craft show. I think Wood's role is pivotal in this team, and it shows that we, we can get goals. Of course, I'm a big fan of Callum Wilson as and when he's fit. But who would you take out if you play the two of them up front? 
You know, because for sure, Guimaraes is going to come in the team. And isn't it nice that he's hardly been mentioned tonight when I think before the team was announced yesterday, I think the, we all thought today's show would have been based around Guimaraes' uh, debut, wouldn't it? And he's hardly been mentioned. That's how good the other, team, the other players were. So it shows it's a team game. And just in fear of repeating myself, they've all got roles to play. And I think Wood's doing his brilliantly. The one thing I want to mention about last night, it's not often that we look at the opposition players, but I was really, really impressed with uh, young Anthony Gordon for Everton. I, uh, I thought he was he was confident. He was assured. He wanted the ball. His delivery was good. Uh, and he just oozed quality. And if we're looking to build a good squad, we could do worse than put a cheeky bid in for him. So that, that's just my opinion from, from Everton. They've got, got to say something good about him. So that was that. But Wood, I'll keep him going. He'll get his goals. And as you said, Steve, you'll probably get one or two winners when we've had our backs to the wall and, and you know, you, you crash in. Let's let's get him on first goal on Sunday in 3-1. Yeah, so and um, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, you're right. Wood, I, mean, Wood, I think Wood will get a few goals. I, I still think he will. I think he'll be a, a key player. Um, Al-Walid, Callum Wilson, were you, were you shocked to hear the news that he probably won't be ready until the end of the season? Uh, uh, actually, yeah, because uh, uh, the friend he uh, asked him during the game in Jeddah, he said, uh, I will return uh, uh, in two weeks, but maybe it was returned to uh, maybe practice, maybe just not for the games, directly to the games. Maybe that's what he meant. Uh, regarding Wood, actually, uh, I think he's trying maybe too much and he used to play in certain way in Burnley. So uh, with the new, uh, and we still not that organ, we still not organized. Maybe yesterday was much organized, but before uh, yesterday game, we still we weren't organized. And his uh, the style of play uh, more individual, I think, uh, in Newcastle. So he didn't get much uh, the chemistry of the team and the style of play. Uh, in addition, he also doing great by holding the defenders, uh, the center backs of other teams. And we we notice uh, Fraser. I don't who remembers uh, Fraser when last time he scored. So he, he really doing a great job. And I think as you say, guys, he need just one uh, to score one goal uh, to give him a, a bit of relax. And uh, no need any for the number nine to score as long as as the team winning uh, and other opportunity for other players. This is what any all matter. Yeah, Mitch uh, Wilson uh, being out. I think it's you know it, it's more or less erring on the side of caution from Eddie Howe, which again shows a, a a common sense approach. And you know you have to get the rest of the team scoring goals, and we scored three goals without them last night. So is it is it so much of a blow? I think it's frustrating, and and it could be he's either had a bit of a setback, or somebody in the medical teams dropped a bollock in terms of how bad the injury was. You just don't know. Um, they seemed laid back in the window that they were going to go for the French lad and he seemed to be the only striker that we were seriously talking about looking at. And he was a bit of a gamble anyway. You know, it's it's 30 million at 19-year-old, like I said last week. Are you getting 19-year-old Thierry Henry? Then happy days. If you're getting 19-year-old David Bellion, that's just not so good. And so it, it, I, I think there didn't seem to be a massive urgency to get another striker in once we'd secured wood. Um, I think Wilson didn't help us and himself on his podcast with the BBC last week when he said that we needed to sign another striker 
before the deadline. And you think, well, why are you coming out with that? That's not useful. Um, whether it's just a, a, an enthusiastic slip of the tongue um, or whether he just found out that the injury wasn't as but it wasn't as good as he thought it was, it, you, you don't really know. But you know, I also have a problem about how teams in the Premier League report injuries, so um, I'll, I'll not wither on about that again. Um, but in terms of Wood, his, his importance, I think, is undervalued, um, and I think just. Patience. Why we we're winning and why we're scoring goals? I don't matter who scores them. Let's let's take ten own goals off of somebody's backside. I don't care if it wins with the points and gets with the safety. Doesn't matter where they come from. And there's opportunities for people like Willick to start finding the back of the net again. Fraser scored okay. It was a bit of a shank, but they all count. Matson Maximum will chip in with these contributions. Um, you know, Shelby's free kick the other week. Trippier's free kick yeah, last night. You know, we're now talking about where our goals can come from is multiple places. We're not just looking at Callum Wilson to be the saviour. And when he does come back, what a wonderful addition to have sitting on the bench. Nice and I, and I, absolutely, isn't that a wonderful, wonderful dilemma to have is which way do we go on the, on the straighter? Do we go with a solid big lad? Do we go with an ad with a bit more movement and pace? Or do we, do we try, as has been suggested, to pair them up and see how they can work together? That would mean a very different change of formation. Um, but I think we've got clever enough players now in that squad to cope with that. And I'm quite sure there's a plan. We look like a team now that has a plan A, plan B, plan C and a D ready. <laughs> Whereas, you know, before... You weren't even sure if Plan A was in, in place, you know. Uh, and, and, and I think that's the, the beauty of this is Callum Wilson coming back. Yeah. He could be a wonderfully fresh addition to our match day squad towards the end of the season. That might just put the willies up a few people. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I just want to, because uh, obviously we're coming towards the uh, the end of the programme. There was a question. I can't find who asked it. It was a simple question, I'm sure, to quick answer. Um, Gallagher. Or Lisa's, George, which is your favourite end? Oh, Gallagher for me, uh, Steve. I'm a very traditionalist, and uh, and that's where the family went into the Gallagher corner. Um, you know, uh, sitting on the on the wall around the Cinder track when I first went, when I was just a, a tot. Um, yeah. And then we went and uh, stood not far from the the ten minute flag in the Gallagher corner, catching peanuts, no doubt. Yes, for a tanner. Yeah. Uh, Richard Richard Naylor says, and I'm going to ask you this before I ask the lads that question. Um, he says, George, as someone that is older than you, what is your memories of Jeff Allen? My memory is of him playing in Feyenoord. He was a class winger, but injury prevented him from progressing. Oh, absolutely. They, they, he's answered his own question. Jeff Allen had the potential <laughs> to be uh, a fantastic uh, left winger. He, well, he was a fantastic left winger. Uh, very clever. Um could score a goal when he when he needed to, and uh, his dead ball delivery was uh, second to none. But uh, as he said, um, he suffered a series of really terrible knee injuries. And then uh, you get me back onto my rant about how Newcastle used to deal with knee injuries in those days because we lost so many skillful young players uh, with Newcastle taking the insurance money. In my opinion, far too quickly, um, and. Uh, 
uh, Jeff Allen was one of them. He, but but he was, uh, and the other thing is that I I didn't know him very well personally. Uh, but all my contacts would say, and, and anything I've seen about him was what a nice guy he was. He was a super guy as well. Uh, very friendly, very helpful. Um, so yes, um, he's absolutely right. A, a brilliant player, really skillful player. Uh, who's a sad loss to Newcastle United. And as I say, I, I think he's one of a number of people whose careers were cut early unnecessarily um, so that uh, allegedly, in my view, I could be wrong, uh, NFC could get their hands on the insurance money. Yep. Okay. A good answer to a good question. Steve Gallagher or the Leasers? It's, an, it's a really interesting question because the, the history being that the Leasers end was the cup. That was the singing section. Yeah. That's where all the singing came yeah. from. That's that's where the heart of the of the Newcastle United support was. And you've got to remember in those days as well, the Gallagher end was was often given up to, to away fans, certainly sections of it. And then when you got to the cup and you got into into the latter stages when uh, lots of fans turned up, like Forest, for example, you know, it was virtually the entire uh, area of the of the Gallagher end that was given up. Um it was the removal of the roof that ruined the Leasers end. Um was never really a good enough answer for for many fans back in that at that period of time as to why it happened. Uh, for me, I I stood in the Gallagher, uh, watched like what most of my pals, uh, and one of the reasons I did was because it was rough as hell in the Leasers end, and also I used to love watching the scarves burning. <laughs> you could see it from the Gallagher end, and you could see the the little scuffles, and you could see everything that went on. Uh, from the from the from the Gallagher end, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was a Gallagher end person. Uh, I started off on the paddock with my dad. Um, I remember being there, but uh, yeah, when when we're on, we're in, in, going on our own in the seventies. Uh, it tended to be the Gallagher end for us. Okay, Stu. Both. Uh, when I was younger, I was in the scoreboard for a long time until I got tall enough and hard enough to go to the corner. Uh, so most of my youth was in the Gallagher's and now it's it's a question that was asked about when I was working in Dubai, would you like to own a property in the Burj Khalifa? And I said, no, I'd like to have one opposite it so I can look at it. You know, it's, no, it's, it's just staring. So I quite like going in the Leasers end where you can see the Gallagher and you can see the flags that are on display, the fantastic display and work that war flags do. It's nice to be able to see it. And I just think because the... Uh, a couple of times a season I can get over. If I was sitting with the Gallagher, I wouldn't get to see see it from behind the flags, if that makes sense. So now I prefer to sit in the, in the leases, but I've, I've, up until recently, I would have always said the, the Gallagher. Hands down. Okay. Alvalid, now you've only had the experience of the, the Gallagher end, I think. But, I mean, just from being in the ground and sampling the atmosphere as you did... Um, where do you think, if you lived in England, would you like to stand or sit in the ground? I'm sorry, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't get the question. If you were, if you lived in England, where in the ground, St James's Park, would you like to stand? Uh, Gallagher End. The Gallagher End. Okay, good stuff. That's good enough for me, Mitch. Same question for you. <laughs> Uh, black sheep to the family, Gallagher end, but the scoreboard. Yeah. Not the corner. <laughs> I was always scoreboard. Um, good memories of being in the scoreboard. Keegan's first goal, 
celebrating with Tony Loma, who you know basically went to school with when he scored, uh, squished up against defences. You know, it was uh, that was that was teenage heyday. So yeah, scoreboard. Yeah, for me, it's got to be the scoreboard and the corner in the Gallagher. I started off yeah. in the scoreboard, but then I progressed again to the corner when I, was, when I was old enough. Um, because <laughs> you were always, you always had to be of a certain <laughs> size and dimension and, and uh, you know, to, to go in the corner. It was mental in those days, the, the, the yeah. movement up and down. You could literally start at the back and end up at the front if you weren't careful and you know you had the obstacles of those uh concrete barriers to na to navigate as well yeah. Sometimes you yeah. weren't in control of your own destination um the scoreboard was always more civilized but there's a great photo between the scoreboard and the corner and, and there's well there's a few of them where the, you know they're going hammer and tongue is at each other the scoreboard and the corner singing at each other and then you had the more reserved left-hand side of the scoreboard yeah. who, who literally just stood there it was more for the old timers and um, people were radioed well, and that. That that was Empathic where the season tickets in the Gallagher was, and yeah. and that was why I stayed in the scoreboard because when I got my first season ticket, I wanted to be in the Gallagher end, but ended up in Empathic. So what yeah. we used to do was we used to go in and then jump across to into the into the main scoreboard paddock when the police weren't looking. Yeah, it's getting like a retro show. This it's a classic. <laughs> Big shout out to Stephen and Ditchie in the comments. Uh, both Everton fans, fair play for you to come down. Ditchie rang us this afternoon and uh, congratulated us on the result. Opposite end to where they scored the three against us is his favourite end, he says. <laughs> I see you down at your place, mate. Thanks for the phone call today. Um, okay, Newcastle play Aston Villa uh, on Sunday. Stephen Gerrard et al. Uh, visits in James's Park. Uh, no team news as, as such, other than we know that Target... Uh, won't be able to play because we're playing against his parent club, so he's ineligible. We do know the referee is Craig Pawson from South Yorkshire. Um, the last time we had him was a 1-1 draw against Manchester United. And we know VAR, which, as I always say, is usually turned off when Newcastle are playing, uh, is Paul Tierney. The game is live uh, again on TV. This time it is on Sky Sports. It is a 2 o'clock kickoff at St James's Park. And, as always, these days... The game is sold out. Uh, George, give us your prediction for the game against Villa. 3-0. 3-0, says George. Steve Hasty. Oh, hey, it's a bit early for a prediction from me because I'll be probably be asked again on Friday. You will be, but your mind might change when I'll, the teams come out. So give us an I'll early, give us an I'll, early I'll, prediction. I'll, I think we'll, I'll be 2-0 win. 2 0 win for Newcastle. That's 2 0 really win. But we know on Friday when we do the three amigos that the cup will have team news by then. Stu? Do you need to ask? 3 1. Uh, yeah. I'll read. <laughs> yeah, on mute, I'll read. Yeah, 2 0. 2 0. And Mitch? 2 1. Right. Mitch, set a reminder in your phone, please, to bring your lucky dice for Friday. Well, I I'm, I'm going to give you a Dubai, very Dubai answer. The oh. cleaners put it somewhere, and I don't know where it is. <laughs> That's a very bloke answer. Nothing to do with being Dubai. Uh, okay. <laughs> And then you're doing the usual blow. I'll try and, and, I'll try and find it. I'll try right, and find it. Get your dice. Get on your hands and knees uh, after the show and try and find it, mate. Okay, I've got a, a little announcement to make. I've got a couple of fundraising things which I'm going to be doing over the next uh, over the next few uh, months of this year. Um, the World Record Firewalk is taking place on Saturday the 14th of May. 
It is Rainton Arena in Durham, and uh, it's 6.30 arrival, and um, it's £35 to enter. Now, this is to help smash the world record. I'm going to do this for the Bradley Lowry Foundation. Um, and if anybody wants to join me walking across hot coals and help break a world record, then uh, you can do it by uh, going to the website and um, you can see the website at the top there. I'll post it and I'll do this over the course of the next couple of months. I'll keep giving this a mention. Um, but it's www. Uh, and it is wfirewalk.co.uk. Now, when you join a team on there, you just need to join the team by saying join team Wraith. You see at the bottom by entering the code NUFCM at the checkout. So if you put that in, you'll be in my team. We can do it together and we can help break a record and we can help raise money. And, and if you come in on that way, you're going to help me raise some money for the Bradley Lowry as well. So get yourselves involved. Saturday the 14th of May, uh, Newcastle play on the Sunday. So there's no clash with fixtures or anything. Uh, so it should be a really good uh, event that. Looking forward to uh, being involved and raising some money for charity. But I will stick that up again as we go on. Tomorrow morning, I'm doing the show with Super Mac and Gibble at 10am uh, because... Like the Queen, I have a couple of birthday celebrations and my birthday celebrations are starting early. So I'm out tomorrow uh, evening. I won't be in tomorrow night and uh, hence the show will be at 10 o'clock. And then I've got to go to somebody else's birthday party on Friday night, um, which means that uh, the Three Amigos show will be at the slightly earlier time. I think we agreed four o'clock, lads, didn't we, That's on right, Friday? Yeah. Yep. So four yep. to five, four to five thirty on Friday will be a fix of the Three Amigos. Uh, as I've got to go and see a fellow Newcastle fan uh, for their birthday. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh been a great show. We have gone into extra time. Thanks, as always, to George, to Steve, to Stu, to Albalid and to Mitch. Apologies that uh, Steve Wilkinson couldn't get on. He had issues with a puppy uh, in his house, as you can hear. And he decided that uh, he would give it a miss this week. Uh, but he'll be back blowing on all cylinders next week. But until then, take care, lads. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Talking to myself again, but it's easy.